0: Most Chinese characters are well-behaved and easy to recognize in compound characters. Some components are sneaky, though. They change appearance depending on context. Hello and welcome to the Hacking Chinese podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to talk about shape-shifting Chinese characters, or characters that are the same but look different depending on context. This is already familiar to those of you who know how to read and write Chinese already, so most of what I talk about in this episode is relevant mostly for beginners, but there will be some things towards the end that I think most advanced students don't know either. When discussing the difficulty or the challenges that students face when trying to learn to read and write a new language, how transparent the orthography is, is quite important. To most of you, maybe that sounded like linguistic mambo jumbo, but it's not that hard to understand. So the orthography of a language is how it is written down. So it is the link between the spoken language and the written language. And how transparent this is, is then how easy it is to see, or how complicated this relationship is. So a language with a transparent orthography, such as Spanish, is easy to predict. That means if you know the basic spelling rules of the language, and you know how something is pronounced, even if it's a new word, you probably will be able to guess how it is written as well. Or the other way around, you will be able to read a word and get the pronunciation right. As anyone who has learned English as a second language can attest, English orthography is then less transparent than Spanish because there are lots of weird things going on with spelling related to the etymology of the words and how the language has developed historically and so on. And this makes it harder to predict and therefore less transparent. Now, it goes without saying that Chinese orthography is a lot less transparent than English. We're no longer only talking about how clear the link between the spoken language and the written language is, because sometimes, indeed, there is no link at all. Because the Chinese writing system is often not phonetic, and it's definitely not alphabetical. If we take a simple example with the word zhen, meaning person, there is no way you can predict how this is written. Either you know it or you don't. Chinese not being alphabetic was indeed the first challenge we talked about in an earlier episode which was all about the challenges we face when learning to read and write Chinese and I'll put a link to that article and episode in the description. So what's this got to do with shape-shifting characters then? Or characters that appear in one way when in a certain context in, in another way when in a different context? And just to give a clear example, so we know what we're talking about here, let's continue with the same example I just mentioned. So, zhen, person, is usually written with two slanting strokes, one to the left, one to the right. I think most listeners will be familiar with this, but since I can't really write characters in the audio of this episode, if you really want to see these characters, you can check the written article on Hacking Chinese, either while you listen or later if you want to look up the characters. Now, that's the standalone normal form of gen, and it's the one you use when you want to write person in various contexts. However, this is not the only form that gen can take, and in compounds, especially when it appears on the left in a compound, it is written in a narrower and more vertical fashion with one slanting stroke and then a vertical stroke under that. Even if you started learning Chinese characters yesterday, you have probably seen this in a few characters already, for example in ni, or you, or ta, him, or he, and for xiu, as in to rest. Since compound characters consist of more than one part, but still fit in the same square shape on the page, it follows then that they need to be squeezed and reshaped a little bit to fit. It's still the same character though, so it's not like this shape-shifted version of ren is a different character from the normal ren, and as you can hear, they are indeed pronounced the same, and in the compounds that I just mentioned, they bring the meaning of ren to these characters, i.e. person. So it doesn't matter what shape it has in this context, it is the same character, it's just shape-shifted. However, as a beginner, and sometimes even as an intermediate student, it's not obvious which different characters are actually the same, because sometimes there could be two characters that look almost the same, and they are actually indeed very different, and sometimes it's just a matter of style or font or something else that you don't know about, And all these things make the orthography less transparent. And this is bad for us as learners. And so the goal in this episode is to help clear up one of these things and give you a few examples. And you can always check the article on Hugging Chinese for the written examples, of course. But the idea is to make it easier to learn characters by realizing that some of them are systematically related. And like I said, they are indeed the same characters. They just look a little bit different. In some cases, the difference is rather small, as in the case with Gen here. You can almost see that if you rotate it a little bit and you kind of squeeze it, you can get to this vertical version of the character without adding anything or changing anything major. In other cases, though, it's impossible to know that a certain component is actually the same as another character, and especially if you know this other character, it would be rather useful to know that they are the same, because you can then use what you know about the character, about the meaning, as I said, or about the sound. Maybe I should add a little bit about sound components here, just so people are aware that these exist, because they are indeed very important. As I just mentioned, we have meaning components, so for example, in the character for you, ni, we have the on the side, which is included in the character to indicate the meaning of the character, because the pronoun you is clearly related to people, and this is how this character came about, or at least like that part of the character. There are also sound components that are as important if you want to really understand how Chinese characters work, but these are much harder to draw cute pictures for, and so they often get neglected. If we were to continue with the same character, so Zhen here, when it appears on the side in this vertical form, we do have the character Zhen, so same pronunciation, and this is a hint, it is not by accident that this whole character is pronounced Zhen, And the component itself is also zhen. And here we add the character for two r, so just two horizontal lines, and we get zhen, meaning benevolence. In this character, the zhen is included because how it is pronounced, and that is indeed why the whole character is also pronounced zhen. As you might have noticed, this can get rather confusing. So, if you have two forms of a character and they are both called Zhen, how do you know which one you mean? And if you want to talk about Chinese characters in Chinese, you do need a different name for this component form. And in Chinese, it's called Dan Zhen Pang. So, that's Dan, single, Zhen, person, and Pang, side. As we just saw, it still has the pronunciation jen when it gives the sound to a character, but if you want to refer to it separately, you can use this danrenpang word. If you want to know more colloquial names for character components and radicals, I included that in my article Kickstart Your Chinese Character Learning with the 100 Most Common Radicals. And in the table in that article, the rightmost column does include the colloquial name or names because there are sometimes many variants for the specific radical. This can be very handy if you want to learn Chinese in Chinese or if you ask a native speaker how to write something in Chinese, you do need this type of vocabulary. So maybe not for beginners, but as soon as you start talking with Chinese people about writing Chinese, this is very useful. Before we move on, I'd like to mention that these colloquial names are sometimes not indicative of the actual etymology or the function of this component in the characters. So for example, we do have the Danrenpang, I just said the single person side, but we also have another component called Shuangrenpang. So Shuang here meaning double, so otherwise identical. And it looks very similar. It just has an extra slanted line at the top. So it kind of looks like a double version of the Danrenpang we talked about before. This would make you think that this is actually related to person in some way or gen in some other way, but this is not the case. This is actually the left part of the character xing, which used to show a road intersection, and this left part then is often used to indicate actions or movements, and it is completely unrelated to zhen, even though in Chinese it is called something very similar, and it indeed looks very similar. And this is something I will return to towards the end of this episode, because sometimes everything is not as it seems. Okay, let's get back to our discussion about the shape-shifting characters. And I think we can roughly divide these into three categories. And of course, it's a bit subjective what goes into what category and so on. And this is simply based on my own experience learning and teaching Chinese. So the first category consists of characters that get squeezed a little bit, but they otherwise don't change shape. And so they don't merit much discussion. For example, if you have the character ko, meaning opening or mouth, when this is included in a character such as to drink, well, yes, it becomes smaller, but nobody who knows that 口 means mouth or opening will have trouble identifying this component in this context, and therefore we don't really need to discuss it. Another example might be the z, the child or son on the right of how. Of course, it is a little bit smaller, it doesn't look identical to the z you would see when it's used as a standalone character, but again, very few students would struggle to identify this character once they notice that it is a component in the character Hao. The second category is more interesting and this consists of characters that are easy to recognize at least if you know that they might look slightly different and usually just seeing them once or twice and paying attention is enough to learn them. You don't need to really do much more than that and indeed Jen is such an example. I think that if you've seen the normal gen, and then your teacher says, "Hey, have you noticed that in ni, this thing on the side here? It looks a bit like a gen, just a little bit squeezed and a little bit rotated," and you'll say, "Yeah, that's true." And in the future, when you see this in other characters, such as ta or xiao, as I mentioned earlier, you will see, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's a gen, that's a person." In the written article on hacking Chinese, I've of course written these characters with examples and so on, so you can check all of them out. Or, well, not all of them, I have deliberately only chosen those that I think everybody should learn. There are many weird cases or specific examples that aren't really helpful, and so I've focused on the most important ones. So just to show you what I mean, I'll go through them quickly here. So the first one is show, which means hand, and when it appears on the left in characters, it usually has a slightly easier variant, but it's still not hard to recognize. It can sometimes also appear at the top of characters and look slightly different, as in the character Kan. Although actually it is something else in that character, but again I will return to these, things are not as they seem, towards the end of the episode. We also have Neo Cow, which looks almost the same, it's just squeezed and one stroke is changed. And a common example of this would be O, as in thing or object. Or sometimes when this component appears at the top of characters, you cut off the bottom. So for example in Gao, as in Gao, or to tell someone something, you have Niu at the top, it's just lost the bottom part of it. Next we have Shi, which shows an altar, but is also used in the meaning of to show or to view or display. And it appears in characters like Shi, as in Dian Shi, for example, TV. Again, this is not identical, but once you've noticed that these are the same character, it's not hard to remember it. Then we have the character 竹, meaning bamboo, and when it's included at the top of characters, which is quite common, such as in Kwai, in Kwai, it's, uh, for chopsticks, it looks almost the same as the full character, it's just made a lot narrower. We also have sheep, young, which can also appear in slightly different forms. Well, of course, it can be included in its original form, and that is true for all of the characters I've mentioned so far, but it can also be altered slightly, as in the top of the particle j, where it has been rotated a bit, or in characters like me, where the bottom has been cut off. This is another example of something that looks like sheep, but is actually something else. But as I said, I'll get back to this later. As a beginner, it's safe to ignore these things. You can think of the sheep in May, beautiful, as a sheep, even though it is something else. Next, we have i, which means clothes, and it's included in a form that is just a bit squeezed, and it's fairly common in, well, characters related to clothing and so on. If you've studied a beginner textbook, you will be familiar with words like ku in ko or wa as in wadze, so that would be trousers or socks, respectively. Finally, we have Zhu, which means foot, and it's included in, well, words like Ti, which means to kick. And the shape-shifted form of this character is very similar. It's not written in exactly the same way, but it is easier to recognize. So, like I said, if you look at these, or you see them, or somebody points them out to you, as I've done here, or doing the article on hacking Chinese, you should be able to deal with these, and they don't require much extra effort at all. But then there is also the third category which consists of cases that are not predictable at all or where the shape-shifted version of the character is so different from the standalone character that it might as well be a different character if you don't know better. I'll go through the most common examples in this category that you really should be aware of and most of you will be familiar with most of these. So the first one is Knife. which has a vertical version that appears for example in the character meaning other and it just looks like two vertical strokes with the last one having a hook on it. And this then if you don't realize that these are in fact the same character and when this component is included in characters it still means knife. This makes the writing system less transparent and therefore harder to learn. So do pay attention to these. Next we have sin, heart which most students actually learn first in a character like "mang," for example, to be busy. And there it appears in a vertical form, so dot vertical dot. And then we also have a variant that appears at the bottom of compounds, or rather, most of the time when at the bottom of a compound, it's just the normal standalone character "xin" heart. But there is another variant, as in the "mu" in "xian mu" to envy someone which looks exactly like xiao, small, except that you have two dots on the right instead of just one. Then we have maybe the most well-known example of all, which is water, which appears as three drops when written on the left, and it's called San Dian Shui in Chinese. And like I said, all of these have colloquial names in Chinese, and I'm not going to go through all of them here, But do check that kickstart your learning with the 100 most common radical article I mentioned earlier. And of course there will be a link in the description. Next we have fire, hoa, which can be written as four dots at the bottom of characters. And maybe the most basic example of this is rua, which means hot. And it's not strange then that the component meaning fire is included. It's also included in xiong, bear, but here it actually means something else. So you can't just assume that anything that looks like these variants are actually the character you think it is. And this is not restricted to these types of components, by the way. There are many cases where characters look like something, but it's actually something else. We also have the character chen which appears in many names of animals, including dog, actually, which is pronounced go. So this is a good example where this component brings the meaning to this character and not the sound. Next, we have yu, jade. And this is a little bit of a tricky case because this is written exactly as wang, king. So it loses the dot when it appears on the left in characters. And an example here would be wan, to play. And there you can see it's just three horizontal strokes connected by a vertical stroke. There is no dot. Historically, this is ü jade, not wang, king. But in dictionaries of simplified Chinese, this component is often called and listed as wang, not ü. So that's good to know. That's a good segue into the last 4 examples, and these are indeed different for simplified and traditional characters, and this is not strange, many of the components have been simplified in simplified Chinese, but they retain their full shape or almost their full shape even when included in compounds in traditional Chinese. So to connect this to the transparency discussion earlier, we can say that one reason that traditional characters might be easier to learn is because the orthography is more transparent in this case. We don't have these exceptions where something is in one form when it's on its own and then shape shifts into something else when it is in a compound. And then of course there will be many other arguments back and forth but fortunately there already is an article about this on hacking Chinese and if you want to learn if simplified Chinese really is easier to learn you should check that out and I'll put a link in the description, the first example then is "yen" speech, which is simplified to something that looks a little bit like an "i" in simplified Chinese, but in traditional Chinese it retains the full shape of this character. If you've just started learning Chinese, you have probably seen this component in characters like "shuo" to speak. The next example is "rou," which means meat. And in simplified Chinese, this is written exactly like yue when it's on the left of a compound. So for example, the character for fat is pang, and this one has something that looks exactly like yue, moon, on the left, but it is actually rou. In traditional Chinese, the component doesn't retain its exact shape, but it is different from the yue, the moon component, because the strokes inside of the character are slanting. Next we have Jin Metal, which is simplified to something that looks a bit familiar and it's fairly easy to see that they are the same, but in traditional characters it is exactly the same character, just with the last stroke tilting upwards instead of just being flat. The most basic character I could think of with this component in it is Qian, or money. The final example is Shi, food, and it is included in many things you can eat or drink for this reason. And in simplified Chinese, the shape-shifted form of this character is a bit hard to recognize. It's very simple compared to the full character, whereas in traditional characters, the difference is quite small, and you should be able to recognize it without trying. And the most basic character I could think of here is Fan, as in rice or food or things you eat. So for these cases, you can indeed say that in traditional Chinese, these four probably belong in the second category and not the third one. But again, the differences here are not very big, as long as you pay attention and you know about this phenomenon, you should be fine. It might be fun to know, or maybe frustrating, depending on your personality, to know that some of these shape-shifted characters actually have very subtle differences that I think most advanced students are not aware of. We can do a little mini quiz here with four questions. And if you want to do this, take a piece of paper and a pencil and you write the characters that I say. And pay attention to stroke order, that's what this is about. And that is of course a huge clue, so if you're writing these characters in the same way you probably know in advance that you're wrong. But let's go anyway. So the first character I want you to write is 车 or vehicle as in 汽车, car. So write this character 车. Then the second character is ting as in light. And just so to make sure we know what we're talking about, this character then has the chua component on the left. Number three is neo cow that I mentioned earlier. So write this character as, for example, when it appears on its own in a, a word like neo nai, uh, milk. Number four is tua as in tua beer, and this then has the cow component, the neo, on the left. So you can write this character as well, and we'll see if you got it right. So if you wrote the characters in the first and second example identically, so if you wrote to the same way, you are wrong. And if you wrote the neo in the same way in examples three and four, you were also wrong. If you look up the official stroke order for these characters, you will notice that in the component form, when it appears on the left in characters, the last stroke is not the vertical stroke, as is the case when these are written on their own. Instead, the last two strokes have reversed order, and the last stroke is then the horizontal stroke, only it isn't a horizontal stroke anymore, it's tilting slightly upwards towards the next component. And this is indeed likely why it is like this. You know you're going to continue writing the next component, which is on the right, and you have to go up to do that, so it makes sense that the final stroke is tilting upwards and isn't at the very bottom of the component. Now, just to make sure nobody takes this too seriously, no one will blame you, or I guess there might be very, very pedantic teachers who would blame you for this, but no reasonable, sensible person will blame you for this or indeed even notice if you get this wrong. It's just something I've noticed. I've worked with uh, corrections, language corrections for Chinese for scritter for a very long time, and then we get questions like this all the time, so I have to dig deep. If you want to see animations for these characters and how they are written depending on if they are on their own or if they are inside a compound, as we saw here, I have put a link to an article on the Skritter blog which contains everything you need to know about Stroke Order. And since it does include this little tidbit of information, it does probably include a little bit more than most people actually absolutely need to know about Stroke Order. But in any case, if you want to learn anything about Stroke Order, that's where you should go. So how do we deal with these shape-shifting characters as independent students? Well, category 1 we can just ignore, as I said, they look the same or almost the same. Category 2, and this was the Gen example, there I think it makes sense to see them or pay attention and notice that they are the same, but because they are so similar, you can kind of think of them as exactly the same character, just squeezed or rotated a little bit, and that usually works. You don't need to spend extra time or attention here. The third category is slightly more interesting because it does contain characters that you might think are actually separate characters, whereas in fact they are the same characters. So my advice here is to look things up, not everything you come across, but if you see a component several times and you don't know what it is, do look it up. Maybe it is actually a character you already know and then it will be very easy to learn and these characters will make a lot more sense. To do this, you need a good dictionary, and I strongly suggest you check out Outline Linguistics' Dictionary of Chinese Characters, and I have a full review of that on Hacking Chinese, and I'll put a link to that in the description. It makes it easy to access information about the origin of characters, and what each component does in this character, how it is pronounced, and why it is there, and so on. One thing you will learn if you follow Outlier Linguistics and check out their other products and courses is that some things with Chinese characters are not as they seem. We have talked about sound components, and they then bring sound to the character, so for example in zhen, benevolence, we have the character zhen that is pronounced exactly the same, so that gives the sound, and sometimes it's not identical, but maybe it was identical further back in history, or at least much more similar. But in any case, these provide sound. We also then have meaning components. So for example, we looked at gen in the character ni, you, and that provides meaning to that character. But then we also have empty character components that don't do anything. And that is because they are actually something else. So I mentioned the example of show, hand inside of can, to see. And the most common way people explain this, the folk etymology, if you will, is that someone is shading their eyes when looking at something. And that is very easy to remember and actually quite useful. It's just that this top part is not actually a hand. And if you trace this character back, you can clearly see it is completely unrelated to hand. And that then makes this an empty component, because it doesn't provide sound and it doesn't provide meaning, if you think of this as show, that is. Another example is the fire in Xiong. So the character for bear has these four dots below it, and these actually do not represent fire. It is a corrupted version of da, big, and so is completely unrelated to the character who. If you are truly interested in characters for their own sake, not just as a way of communicating with other people, this type of information it can be very interesting. And again, I just recommended Outliers Dictionary, and there you will find a lot of information like this. However, it's not always the case that delving deeper here is better. So for the average student, it might not pay off to know that the four dots in Xiong actually is something else that got corrupted into blah, blah, blah. And then you have a very long and complicated story of this character. You could just think of it as fire and be done with it. This is a very short version of a long discussion about how far you should go in your attempts to understand Chinese characters and how they arrived at where they are today. And if you want the whole discussion, you can check out an article called Five Levels of Understanding Chinese Characters, Superficial Forms to Deep Structure. I'll put a link in the description, and if you want to listen to the podcast episode, it was number 29. That wraps up our discussion about shape-shifting characters. If you have an experience related to these characters, or maybe if you think I missed something in the article, please leave a comment over at Hacking Chinese. Thank you for tuning in to the Hacking Chinese podcast. If you like this episode, please share it. More information and inspiration about learning and teaching Chinese can be found at hackingchinese.com. See you in the next episode, and until then, good luck with your studies.